Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, kids! Parents, this is What the Kids Are Watching, a rewatch podcast for grown-ups about the weird and wild TV shows that children seem to love. I'm Natalie Poucher, and I'm a parent. And I'm Ryan Bailey, and I'm probably not a parent. So we've got different perspectives as we break down, praise... And goof on the most notable episodes of the shows your kids are currently obsessing over. Hi, and welcome to an all-new episode of What the Kids Are Watching. My name is Ryan Bailey, and I'm joined, as always, by my co-host, Natalie Boucher. Natalie, how are you today? Hello. I'm good. How are you? I'm good. I mean, you are actually much better. I know this is a podcast, and this isn't a video, but you dressed like this was the Oscars. Uh, she, guys, she's in a full... Like, she's in a full suit. Like, it's like a, a very nice-looking suit. Her makeup's all done. Her hair's done. And I'm I'm pa- I'm pantless. I, I'm, <laughs> I have a – I have, like, a basketball – I have a hoodie on. This is ridiculous. No. So I was just telling you right before we, we hit record, but I had this moment yesterday. It was you – know, you know, like, we, you, we all get, like, the Sunday scaries. Maybe not everybody. And I had this moment where I was like, okay – this is going to be your week. You're going to get out of the sweatpants. You're going to get out of the workout Lululemons that you're always in. And you're going to do your hair because it's always in a bun. And put a slap on a little makeup and and feel good about yourself this week. Because I feel like I tend to be sluggish when I look sluggish. You know what I mean? <laughs> As I, I'm mean, looking I at just, you. I tend to be sluggish because I am sluggish. Natalie. <laughs> Wait, by the way, can you, can you pass? This is a question for parents out there. Can you pass the Sunday scaries on to your kids? You know? Oh, I'm sure. But mine hit me like after I put her down and I'm like in my bed and I'm like, oh shit. Like I have all these things to do. Uh, I don't know. I, I hope not. I hope. But I mean, I know that kids can really pick up on energies, you know? Well, you always post videos on your Instagram stories of your daughter and your daughter seems to uh, pick on you a lot. Uh, kind of like a bully almost, or it just yes, like points out things on your body or points out, I mean, it's out of natural curiosity, but I, I always do wonder if that is part of where you're laying in bed and like you're, you're playing things back that she's told you throughout the week. Oh yeah. Like my pimples on yeah, my exactly. body. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And I'm like, they're called goosebumps, asshole. <laughs> um, I'm kidding. I don't call her that. Uh, no, I love that little kid, man. She, she's so funny and she's like, Uh, you know, we talk about this all the time. Like they're constantly, like you're constantly teaching them things, right? Yeah. Um, But every day I feel like she's just getting a little smarter and a little smarter. And at some point I'm like, you're going to outsmart me one day. And I'm like, I'm not ready for that just yet. 
That is, I mean, because that, that, I guess that's kind of what you want. You want your kids to even be better than you. But at the same time, I feel like but that not would be at, a, not at two and a half. No, you know? <laughs> my <laughs> you know? kids already passed me out of the womb. Exactly. It's like, oh my God, you're wearing a full suit. I'm still in my hoodie. This is crazy. <laughs> um, How so, are you? How was your weekend, by the way? It was bad. It was, Why? I mean, it was bad in the, well, I mean, this is a family show, but I, 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 I've been doing so good with my uh, diet and exercising with a trainer. That, oh, thank you. <laughs> I'm in, by the way, I'm in, you guys, I'm in a hoodie. No. There's like sweat pouring down. You look amazing. Uh, you, by the way, yours, what, what no, are you doing? Your face is so slim. Oh, God, yeah. Oh, thank you. No, I, but then I, I didn't like partake in any kind of wine or drinks this week. You know, I just, and usually I'll have like a glass of wine every night. But then Saturday I went out to uh, this Mexican restaurant, El Coyote, and the spicy margaritas just were it, it turns good. out if, if you drink one of these things, it makes you feel better sometimes. And then, <laughs> right. then it, 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 you're in a trap and then you're, tri- and it just ruined my entire Sunday. So that's <gasps> a lesson for, all, I mean, all you parents know, I mean, it, I can't imagine what it's like having a hangover. If you have kids, I can't yeah, even no, imagine how you do that. No, it's an actual nightmare. Like it's an actual nightmare yeah. that you cannot wake up from um there's like no amount of liquid iv or there's just no amount of any like greasy foods to help cure it especially when your kid's like mom mom i'm hungry i have to pee i have to what's wrong with you mom what's wrong why are you not (laughs) we tried having we tried having quiet time uh because you know after kids like get to a certain age they don't want to sleep like they don't want to nap anymore and so yesterday we were like, okay, we're going to have quiet time because she doesn't want to nap because we were dying to take a nap. We had like an Aperol spritz like at like 9.30 a.m. And so we were like a little tired by 11. And I was like- Wait, 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 wait. Can we back it up? Why are we having an Aperol spritz at 9.30 a.m.? Because it's my own, it's my chef fiance's only day off. And okay. so, and so he, we like to have like a little morning- uh, I like that. A, a little morning spritz. Yeah, okay, spritz got it. Spritz me up. And so, and you know, they're light. And so <laughs> it's on a heavy pour. Calm down. By the way, it really is actually yeah. <laughs> uh, I like it. half Aperol, half Campari. You guys have to try it. Uh, so, so we were like, kind of just like that tired. We, we can't drink anymore clearly during the day. And so I tried putting her down and she just would not go down. And I'm like, damn, this sucks. And so we just put it in our bed, which is also doesn't really work out, but you know, it's Wait, what right. do you mean doesn't work out? Like, because then she wants because to be they, in they the parents' you, bed. They, they want to. They they're like jumping on you. It's just like not a relaxing moment. Yeah, you know. No, I hate. I mean, this is. I think if you're a parent or even I'm at the age now where I'm like, oh no, is this where like I have to say goodbye to drinking because it's just too like I can't. If, you if can't it's do cool, both. I can't. Well, it's like, I mean, like, what am I going to, am I going to like live actual life, like try to work out, try to do all these things? Or am like, I mean, if I'm drinking one time a week and it just knocks me out for a day, that's like not worth it. And it's sad. I feel like I'm, I'm, I'm losing a friend. I feel like there goes my Arizona state university college days out the window. I know. And I, so I was very, and then the self-loathing that gets involved when you have a hangover as you get older too, of like, what are you doing? Why? You're too old for this. And you're hearing your mom's voice. Yeah. Your mom, (laughs) your parents voice in your head. Um, and then I watched puppy dog pals. (laughs) <laughs> I mean, a move over Paw Patrol is all I'm going to say. I could binge watch the show Hungover all day, every day. And I'm not even saying that just because of our very, very special guest today. I'm I'm not kidding. I could watch the show all day. It was great. It had heart. 
The animation was great. The music was great. I love that you had songs throughout on this. Uh, I love the whole concept. And I think this will be after our Paw Patrol episode that you'll hear this. And I like that these two dogs, they get into wild adventures, these pugs, but it's they're not they're not a police force. I like that they are just your your normal dogs doing dog things instead of having to save Adventureland or wherever those Paw Patrol dogs, which just it just the more I think about Paw Patrol, the more illegal that show should be. Like a <laughs> 10-year-old in charge of dogs and then they're they're a crime stopping unit just makes no sense, but but this show, Puppy uh Puppy Dog Pals is kind of amazing. Well, I think it has everything that Paw Patrol did it. Remember, we were like sort of nitpicking Paw Patrol. We were like, well, it doesn't have like the like the main the character yeah. and it doesn't have the le- all of those things. This one has it. It has the cat. She's like kind of bitchy and snarky. Yeah. Okay. And um, the two friends were just so cute. And and it has a little bit of humor in it. It just had everything that I that I want as an adult to watch a kid show. Now, our special guest today, and this was wild because, you know, in in the emails going back and forth, they're like, oh, let's have Harlan. Harlan does this show and it'll be great. Harlan's great. And I'm like, oh, wow, the creator of Puppy Dog Pals, which is amazing. And then I started researching him and I was like, oh, my God, it's this Harlan? Yeah. Harlan Williams? And and I, you guys, if you watch any kind of comedic movie, you know exactly who Harlan Williams is. Uh, I mean, Dumb and Dumber, his scene in There's Something About Mary is one of the best scenes in the movie. Superstar. He's also like an insanely talented stand-up. I saw him do stand-up in Tempe, Arizona like 20 years ago. Did you really? Yes. (laughs) And I remember being so scared that he was going to do crowd. I'm always scared in a comedy show that they're going to point me out and make fun of me. Yeah, they're going to pick on you. Yeah, Yeah. they're like, hey, what's the guy with the hat? Screw this guy. You know, like I'm always petrified of that. He was awesome. But he created Puppy Dog Pals. I know. I cannot wait to pick his brain. There's 110 episodes of this, and I just, I I can't wait to see from conception to actually it coming out because it's so exciting, especially for a comedian that I thought was a certain way to have this skill because he's also like a children's book author. He also has a podcast on Cloud 10 called The Harlan Highway, but also just has always made me laugh over the last couple of decades. So I'm just kind of, I feel like a kid in a candy store right now. I know, I know. So let's welcome Harlan Williams. Hello. Hey. Hello. Hey, guys. Nice to meet you. Nice to meet you. What a treat. <laughs> By the way, for us. This is the, this is the, this is the way to start your week right here. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, it is the one and only Harlan Williams. Uh, like we did, we just gave his whole resume, but we are talking about Puppy Dog Pals today, which has 110 episodes. Harlan, can you please tell us how this even came to be? Because I remember you as one of the funniest people I've saw, like you're, you're seen in Dumb and Dumber, you're seen like amazing. I had no idea you did this. Yeah. So, um, when I was in college, I actually studied classical animation. And, uh, before I got into stand-up comedy, right when I got out of college, I started writing and illustrating my own children's books. I was doing that, but the, the, the voice to come to Hollywood and pursue stand-up and movies and TV and all that was too strong. So, I came here, sort of abandoned my animation roots for many decades, actually. And then uh, and then I just sort of started conceptualizing some ideas and some shows. And uh, Puppy Dog Pals was one of them. And 
Um, one day my manager set up a meeting at Disney and we went in and I pitched about three or four ideas and they were like, oh, those are nice. And I was literally halfway out of my chair getting ready to leave. And one of the, the execs was like, do you have anything else? And I said, well, I got this one thing called Puppy Dog Pals. And she said, oh, can I hear it? And I sat back down and I pitched her like three sentences and then, okay, that's the one they, they went for. It was amazing. I feel like it happens like that every time, right? It's like right before, yeah. you know, you're about to walk away. I love that story so much. I have to say, I don't mean to like compare dogs to dogs, but last week we did a, a Paw Patrol and we yeah. were watching it and, you know, we really dissect all these kids shows. And I feel like there was something missing in Paw Patrol and this one and what you've done with this show has every element that we as adults, at least, and I know like my daughter are like, it, it's what it was missing. It was what Paw Patrol was missing. I it has everything. Well, there was like little lessons even yes. like in the ARF episode, you know, we're cleaning up, we're having fun while we do it. There are a little like Paw Patrol. I was like, there is no way that they should have a police force led by a 10 year old boy. And, <laughs> you know, it was just you something. Know, the world might be a yeah, better right? place. <laughs> yeah. My, yeah. yeah. We should at least try it out in a small town, see yeah. if it works. But this was great. I mean, so when you pitch this idea, is it just like, well, we have two pugs and they're pals and they have adventures with their owner, Bob? Like, how do, like, what what was the three-sentence pitch for this? Well, it basically stemmed from, um, I actually had two little puppies. And the original name of the show was called The Puppy Dog Papers. And um, this was back, uh, I actually created the show like almost 20 years ago when I had my new puppies. And when I would leave my house to go to meetings, I would put the puppies in this little empty laundry room I had in the basement. And I'd put newspapers down for them. And I'd say, okay, guys, don't forget to do your business. And I'd close the door and go to my meeting. And then I thought to myself when I was driving, I thought, what if they thought do your business was to read the headline <laughs> on the newspaper? Like, you know, ship goes down in the Bermuda Triangle or Bigfoot spotted. And, and because dogs like to make their masters happy, they thought they had to solve the mystery of the headline before I got home from work. So they would read it. Instead of peeing on it, they'd run out the door figure everything out, solve it. And then when I got home and watched the news, I'd be like, oh, that's cool. And so that was kind of the catalyst for it. Um, doing, I mean, like, so are you involved or were you involved in, uh, is there a writer's room for Puppy Dog Pals? I mean, are you the, the head uh, person that's doing all the stories for each episode? How does this all work? Yeah, so we had a writer's room of uh, about uh four or five of us and and then there was a there was a head uh story editor who's like kind of the head writer who runs the room and so for the first year just to get the ship kind of on course since it was my show uh i went and uh sat in the writer's room for every episode of the first season just so that we kind of had it moving in the direction that that i envisioned it to be and then after the first season, I was able to step back from the writer's room, move on to other things, but I actually did punch up on every single script. So I wrote on every single episode they ever did. And of course you voice Bob, right? I voiced Bob, yeah. I love then, that. How did you guys pick the voices for all the other characters? Uh, it was just a, a, an, an audition process, especially for the little boys that did Bingo and Rolly, and then for... Um, 
Esther, I I had to have Sherry O'Terry on there because yeah. I think she's yeah. one of the funniest women on the planet. Truly. So I kind of I kind of fought for her to be in there and and so they hired her as Esther and then I think the showrunner kind of uh, had always loved Huey Lewis so he reached out to Huey Lewis and then <laughs> you know reached out to friends and just get characters that we liked and then some of it was just literally just hearing the voice and going oh wow that really fit well i heard so. the voice of the guy from the uh the office immediately i was like oh that's the, the guy from the office that's stanley yeah. I, yeah. you know you yeah. notice it immediately exactly um that's right and originally that the voices of the two puppies bingo and Rolly, were gonna be adults we originally cast them as adults and i brought my friend tom green in and tom was gonna be Rolly. <laughs> they love tom <laughs> Um, but then as we started developing more and the show was aimed at such young children, the decision was made to make them kids. And and I didn't um, argue that one. I thought, yeah, it makes sense. It, it would have worked either way, but I think the, the little kids' voices really served it well. What was that like having to tell Tom Green he could not voice uh, <laughs> one of the dogs? Well, it was a bummer because when he got it, I phoned him and I just kind of, I, I BS'd him. I go, hey, man, I got some bad news about the audition. You know, you didn't get it. Sorry, buddy. And he's like, oh, bummer. That sucks. But oh, well. And I said, no, you got it, dude. Like, I kind of, you know, I and, and then he had it. But then about two, three months later, they, they made the decision to switch and he got it. And but. It would have been fun to work with a friend like that, you know. So we ended up bringing Tom, and he re- he did an episode where he played a crazy squirrel, and I forget which episode it was, but um, so yeah. I mean, when you do 110 of something, I'm sure it kind of you get a little lost in the weeds. What? How oh, did yeah. you feel about the reception of this, and especially when you get to see kids' reactions to this? Like when you get to see how much joy it brings them. Is that part of the allure of going into an industry like this? Oh, yeah. To me, the the whole thing is to play with the imaginations of kids. You know, that's something I learned from doing my children's books. I used to be in a program called Authors in the Schools, and I would go to schools all over the place and read my children's books and then had an easel and I'd do illustrations for the kids and the, the stuff that comes out of their mouths and their minds, like, you know, people would say to me, Mr. Williams, can you draw a jellyfish with cheeseburgers for eyes? <laughs> I'd be like, yeah, okay. <laughs> and I just, you know, my whole career has been kind of based in the world of silly and imagination and children to me just, when they say that stuff, it, it's just so beautiful. So that's what kind of directed me to wanting to do kids programming so I could feed them more of what they already love and hopefully just inspire them and add to the, the the carnival of wackiness that they they already live in. I just wanted to still be part of that. So wow. Well, I have to say you're doing a great job. My my two and a half year old, we were watching it this morning. And I mean the, the kid is like laughing, like really laughing. And you're yeah. like, you're looking at him like, yeah, you get it. Like you get the jokes, you get the humor. It's all so silly and fun. And I, I just, I applaud you. It's, it's a fantastic show. Oh, well, it's also gonna well, be good. In all honesty, I, 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 you know, Disney has their guidelines that we have to deal with. But if, if it was just me running, I'd, I'd bring the silly up another <laughs> 300 points, but 
Well, then but, what, what know, is it like for collaboration like that? Like you do have to, you know, you have this idea, it's your idea and you get to bring a lot of ideas to it, but you still are working underneath somebody. What, I mean, what your whole career, what has been your process of taking other people's notes? And like, do you, do you have to fight for things even in children's shows? Yeah, you do. And it, it, it's tough because, you know, as, as creators, as artists, you have a vision for something. And, and some projects I've done, you know, you go and you jump into that vision and it completely goes sideways. And because of the powers that be, the people holding the purse strings and running the networks, they have the final say. So when I started with Puppy Dog Pals, I knew it wasn't going to be 100% of everything I wanted. But I was like, you know, if I get 50%, I'll be happy. You know, I wish it could be more. But I'll be honest, when we went into this process, um, by the time, you know, all the artwork was designed and we were writing and, and the visuals came back, I was like, you know what? This is about 85% of everything I could have dreamed for. So mm. it was it was fortunately one of the projects that that I was like, wow, it's rare you get over 60%. So I, <laughs> I was thrilled. I was thrilled. Um, I know this is a little remedial, but just for the audience, could you take us through the process of how this actually does get made and how long potentially the animation takes? Because I think the animation is amazing. Like who signs off on even that part of it and how long does it take from conception to being able to actually air an episode? Yeah, so it like I said, I created the show probably 20 years ago. I pitched it around town to a few different places here and there over that time. And then it kind of just sat on my shelf for probably nine or 10 years. And then I did that kind of fluke pitch to Disney. And then from there, we went into ve development mode where we started doing drawings. And, you know, I was coming up with, with uh, you know, designs and uh, we were... Uh, going out to freelance artists for design work. And I was starting to conceptualize episodes and that took a few years. And then we found out from Disney, they wanted to go ahead and do a little pilot. So they greenlit a pilot, which was about, I think it was only about five or six minutes. So I, I wrote that. And then they did kind of a black and white kind of reel of that. And then, uh, and then that got greenlit and they said, okay, we're going to go to a show. So, from the time I, I they said they wanted it to the time it made it to air, it was five years. My oh my gosh. gosh! Yeah, it's a long time. And then and then by the after the pilot was greenlit, then we opened a studio here in Burbank, and that's when they started hiring the showrunner and the story editor and all the uh, directors and the storyboard people. So we did all that in the states here in Burbank, right beside Bob's Big Boy. Yeah. And uh, and then the actual animation, once everything was packaged, and, and that was kind of overseen by the showrunner, uh, Sean Coyle, who did a great job. It would all get shipped. Uh, at one point, we were doing it in India, and then uh, we were doing it out of Italy. So it, it the studios changed around a bit, and then they showed us some sample animation, like the CGI. You know, that was that was a real moment to see. Just the drawings on paper, two-dimensional. But then when they send back the, the the sample testing of the dogs looking like a you know a DreamWorks animated movie, it was just like wow. It was, and then once uh, we got all those designs figured out, it was just like boom, and it just ran like a machine. Like we would we would crank out an episode a week in the writers' room, 
And then they would send it over. And I think it took about, you know, six, seven weeks to complete something. But so it was just like a well-oiled machine. Why did you pick Hawaii Pug O to uh, start the series? Was there a a reason like this is a great entrance point into Rolly and Bingo? No, it wasn't anything in particular. It was we got in the writer's room the first week and we went around the table and everyone pitched ideas. and, And one guy pitched an idea about Bob wanting to feel the sand in his toes. And uh, and that was a fun one. So I actually wrote that one. Uh, it was his one of the writer's ideas, and then I wrote the episode based on that concept. And then uh, just by fluke, that became the first episode. So it, it wasn't so much about finding a particular episode to uh, kick it off. But uh, to go back a bit, the pilot that I wrote was the original one that we did that was the storyboard version that later on became a real episode was the one where the puppies went to the Great Wall of China to retrieve the Mona Lisa, which was stolen. So, <laughs> oh, I'm I, definitely watching that one. I have to, yeah. I'm writing that down. And now a word from our sponsor, BetterHelp. We're so proud to have BetterHelp as our sponsor. Now, BetterHelp is online therapy. And Natalie, I don't know about you, but I uh, I take therapy very seriously. I take mental health very seriously. I talk about it all the time on my podcast, but it is something that I, as I get older, I realize I need to put as much work as I do, even just my dental work, as I do, you know, taking care of my actual brain and my mental health. Yeah, you know, I didn't know how important it actually was because I used to work out all the time and I used to, you know, focus on all these other things. And I'm like, wait a minute, I need to focus on myself and I need to talk to somebody. And so I also, as such an advocate for better help and, and this online therapy, I think it's just so beneficial, especially when, you know, if you feel like you got no one to talk to, you always have someone to talk to with better help. And it's online, which I think is so key, especially in today's day and age. I mean, we have just gone through such an insane period of time. And I remember uh, before BetterHelp, I had to go to a therapist where I would drive out to the therapist. I would be stressed out driving there because mm-hmm. I was like taking off from work, coming back stressed, not really even realizing what we had talked about for the 50-minute session. With BetterHelp, it's online therapy that offers video, phone, and live chat-only therapy sessions. You don't even have to see anyone on camera if you don't want to. I always like to leave the camera on though, just personally, (laughs) just so I don't feel like I'm talking to a radio show. But that option is there. I mean, which I think is so great. And you, you can do it from the comfort of your own home because I think some people are so scared about getting into something like this. And they, they almost think it makes them, uh, something's wrong with me. And it's like, no, something's right with you. If you're actively trying to make yourself, uh, uh, better. And not just that, it's more affordable than in-person therapy. Yes. And you can be matched with a therapist in under 48 hours, which I think is so beneficial. Because sometimes, like, you know, when you when you want to do something and, like, you're hot about it and, like, the, and then it wear, sort of wears off? No, you're they're going to match you quick. And the good thing, too, is all you have to do is just make that one simple step by going to betterhelp.com. Uh, That's all you have to do. You can even just go to the website and stare at it for a little bit. Let it percolate and then go (laughs) take the next step. And the great thing is, you know, find the therapist that works for you. They can match you with somebody and maybe that's not the exact fit. You can be matched with somebody else as well. But this is the exciting point that our listeners get 10% off their first month at BetterHelp.com slash KidPod. That's better, H-E-L-P.com slash KidPod. That's K-I-D. P-O-D. 
Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. The first episode, you guys, like you said, uh, Bob wants to feel the sand uh, between his toes. So these dogs take it upon themselves because they love Bob so much to go to Hawaii. And this is where it kind of loses me because it's hard for me to imagine a dog going through security and stuff like that. But it really, no, it was actually great. And then they have madcap adventures there. They have this trophy that they put the sand in. And of course, they come all the way back and then the sand spills, but they have enough sand on their actual body that they can shake themselves out. So when Bob comes home, he can actually feel the sand. But it's such a simple idea, but there's so much heart in the simplicity of the idea, you know? Uh, I I love that I'm like telling you, you know, it's hard. (laughs) Well, what's what's great about it and hearing you say it back is it just reminds me how much heart these dogs have and how much love they have. Like they they will go through heaven and earth to to find what they need to find to make Bob happy. And and in a way, I think dogs do that without even knowing it in real life. So it, it was it's just it's like they're going for such a simple thing, but all this, all the steps and humps they have to get over to find some sand, it, it, it's a lot of fun. That's what makes the episodes like so adventurous and clever, I think. It's so sweet. And what about the cat character? How did, how did she come in the mix? I love her. She's so sassy. Yeah, she she was one of you remember how I said eighty-five percent of what I wanted to <laughs> oh, she she was she was one of the if I'm being honest, a little bit of a disappointment. She's a great character, but I originally designed and conceptualized kind of a, a, a bit of a heavier cat, like kind of a kind of a tomcat, like kind of a kind of a big frumpy cat that that really didn't like the puppies there because she was the she was the center of attention until they came along. Uh. And so I had it in in the original idea that she was a bit more antagonistic and she wanted to hate them but they were so adorable that every trip and adventure they went on they thought of her and brought her back a gift. And so I wanted this whole thing where she had a shelf full of their gifts. And and I was like, oh, I'm going to trip you guys up, but I can't because you're just so adorable, you know. And and I think they they designed it, this kind of skinny purple cat that was more like kind of, I don't know, a little frou-frou. And she's okay, but if I'm being honest, I had a whole different idea. But the, the, the reality is nobody knows that, but me so it, it's like people love the character she's still good but i would have given her much more comedic character so how hard would it be to create like a movie out of like this concept i mean that is that something that you ever thought about doing or yeah no it's it'd be easy because you've already built the bones for it you know so i've actually talked to uh to some of the people over there about that a few times and uh nothing's nothing's being planned right now but it, it's something that uh i would say i hope could happen but there, there's nothing there's no movie coming out at the moment but the series is in its final season and what happens a lot of time is when there's a, a show that does so well and it's beloved people want more so 
I would be surprised if we end up doing a movie or something else happens. But at, at this point, I think we're just going to let the fifth season play out and, and we'll see if there's something more down the road. I, I hope there is a movie because I'd love to write it. So, Harlan, can we announce there is a movie just for our show so we can just get a little heat <laughs> on this just, thing? Yeah, yeah. That's, <laughs> let's put it in the universe I, here. I, I really wish you could, man. I'd love it. But not yet. Maybe next time we talk. Who knows? I, I was on YouTube the first episode has 114 million views on it. I mean, that's that's insanity. Like that, that's and it's and it keeps growing exponentially each yeah. month. Whatever what I read, and this thing will be here forever. Is that there's constantly new kids that are falling in love with this thing? Does that blow your mind, especially coming from comedy, where like I was like, oh, there's something about Mary. I mean, I was remembering every movie that you had done and how much it meant to me at the time. But these kids, there's constantly coming in, and they fall in love with it all over again. Yeah, it blows my mind on so many levels because, you know, I'm, I'm a writer and I'm a performer and I do voice work and all this stuff. And then, and then I go, here's, you know, if I wrote a novel, I'd be probably in good standing if 40,000 people yeah. read it. You know what I mean? And then here's this script that I wrote where over 100 million people on the planet have you know, in essence, watched my writing through the episode, and then they've watched this show that I conceptualized and these characters that I created, and and that blows my mind. And then I also think about, you know, I'm from Canada, and the population up there is only, I think it's about 34 million people. And when you when you think that a hundred, uh, what is it? A hundred million? I was 114 million when I checked last night. Yeah. 114 million people have watched this show and it's more than the population of my country. Like it, it blows my mind. It's wild. Yeah. Uh, it's, yeah. it's amazing. And so what's next for you? What do you have up your sleeve? Anything else that we should be looking out for? Yeah, you seem like you have like 30 things going all at once. Yeah. Which, by the way, you guys, including his podcast, The Heartland High- Highway, which is on Cloud 10. Make sure you go subscribe. Uh, but, you know, uh, what else do you have going besides that? Yes, thank you. My podcast is going great. We're just in the uh, early stages of it. I'm, I'm only on 20 episodes. My last episode is with comedian Bobby Lee. And it's another thing that's blowing up. It's It's crazy. But... Um, I'm currently working on two more animated shows. I can't tell you what they're called, or but I can I can tell you uh, that one of them's about dinosaurs, which I love. Ooh. Um, and then the other one's uh, more geared towards adults, and and um, we're developing uh, a, a story about a an African American family that. Uh, that has many, many um, brothers and sisters in the family. It's almost like the Waltons, <laughs> um, and and they all they all live in a very interesting place. I want to give you all the details, but it's uh, it's some some really cool stuff I'm developing. So yeah, but developing takes so long. Like, have you been developing these ideas for another decade? I've been developing one of these ideas for almost five years now. And then I've I've had two other ideas that I sold that, that were in development for three years and then didn't get over the hump and get green lit. So for those of you thinking to get into animation, go for <laughs> it, but just know that you are gonna you are gonna be waiting a long time to get it there but it is rewarding i mean one of the disney executives took me out for lunch one day and said harlan you know that your show is seen in 130 countries all over the world and i went what 
so that the reach and the scope of something like that, and especially when it's it's something sort of innocent for kids, it, it just feels really cool. I think he told you that to try to get you to pay for lunch, possibly. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> just I, I wanted to touch on ARF, which is like the second, uh, as we start yeah. winding down here, the second because you introduce a character uh, that is a robot dog, which actually is, to me, just as cute as the, the, the two main dogs. Um, and, you know, the the what was the decision also to put music in throughout the episode and you know you there's even written songs and what is your participation in that are you writing these songs so the the arf character came from you know i i felt that puppies bingo and rolly were just kind of freewheeling it in this house and they're going crazy and they're sort of terrorizing hissy and there was there was no sense of order or any sense of like rules and so I kind of uh, borrowed from that movie, Arthur, you know, where where uh, there was this kind of stringent old butler who kind of uh, was very orderly and stuff. So I thought I thought it'd be really fun to have these chaotic puppies at least have the voice of reason to bounce off of. And so that's why I came up with Arf as this robot who could, you know, had a database and he could teach them things and he could kind of I think it's always fun when you see someone or something trying to keep control and you know they can't because the chaos around them is so crazy. So that was the impetus for ARF. And then as far as the songs go, they're one of my favorite parts yeah. of the whole show. And we wanted from the beginning to have a song in every show. And, and we found this gentleman who just did such a great job. And, and so I feel like the show's on their own and like, keep climbing as you go through an episode, but then the song hits and it takes it to another level. And they're so fun and they're so energetic and they're so emotional sometimes. So I, I love those songs. Yeah, no, I mean, truly amazing and fun to like, it, it's one of those things that I think this show you guys works for adults too. Uh, there is something to watch for everyone or it's a show potentially you are not going to be annoyed watching with your child. Right, Natalie? Exactly. No, I'm telling you, I I, I think was more engaged than her sometimes. I'm like, wait, but did you see that? Did you see what they <laughs> did you just see did? you see the details? Do you see <laughs> the details? <laughs> exactly. We stick in um, a lot of sort of pop culture references because, you know, I, I come in with my stand, with my b background in stand-up comedy and, and my movies, a lot of pop culture movies that I've been in. It's like, you know, Disney said they really want to do infuse the show with my comedic sensibility. And so a lot of um, a lot of that was put in there. And then um, a lot of kind of pop culture references for adults is in there, too, because, uh, you know, as I said, I like to live in the world of kids imaginations. But at night I'm on stage delivering the funny to, to grown-ups. And so <laughs> we wanted to kind of cater to the parents watching and make sure that they were getting entertained as well and not just going, oh God, and walking out of the room, you know? <laughs> no, yeah, I was saying, and, and you did a good job because I, I definitely was laughing. And I feel like a lot of kids shows, you miss that, that sort of adult humor, right? Even if yeah. it's like that one line that like yeah. only, we're like, that's funny. And like the kids kind of don't really get it, <laughs> you know? Right. I and, love that. 
Yeah, no, we we really wanted to tap into that, like little lines from Die Hard or Magnum PI or TV shows, or we we just kind of sneak them in there, and and uh, it, it works. I love being able to explain to a child about Magnum PI. Well, there was a man with a mustache, and he lived in Hawaii. Yeah, no. Um, Wait a minute, I'm looking at you. I know. Thank you, Harley. I just wanted to try to bring up my mustache, and this is a new mustache, Harlan. So I just wanted. I'm very and nervous about working. it. I'm going to see if I have someone. I want you to follow later in your red lamp. <laughs> yeah, let's. I want to crack a case. Yeah, uh, you will. <laughs> I, I don't have a child yet, but I we always say in this show is like, would this show make me more eager to have a child to be able to watch it? And I got to say, this show definitely. I was like, yeah, if I get to watch stuff like this, I would definitely. Which is not the right way to have a child because <laughs> of a children's show, but I would be ha- I would be ecstatic to watch something like this with my child. Yeah, people really enjoy it, and 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 it's also I found out been a really good babysitter. I've people have sent me videos where their child has just been crying or throwing a tantrum, and the parents click on that theme song, and they just like totally yeah. shut off all their bad mood or they're yelling, and they zone in on the show. And one of the biggest surprises that really touched me emotionally for this show is, and I didn't ever expect it, but many, many parents have um, sent emails to my fan page who have autistic children. And and they said, you know, we had a child who wouldn't talk to us or couldn't look at us or couldn't even make sounds to us. And they, And I don't know why this show, it might happen with other shows, but for some reason, Puppy Dog Pals had um, kind of caused them to speak or say words or sing along or look at their parents and connect with them. And I've I've read some very emotional emails from people and I just, that that might be the most rewarding of all of it, that these children found a a tunnel to, to be able to connect. And it was really powerful. I didn't see that coming. My gosh. I'm like tearing up. That's amazing. Um, yeah. Uh, so, uh, what what do you watch? I mean, are you are you constantly watching other children's shows? Are you trying to get inspired that way? What is your even artistic process in life? Are you always just out there recognizing human behavior? And I could use this for this and this for that. You know, it sounds probably counterintuitive, but I try not to watch the things that I'm involved in because I I don't want it to sound cocky or selfish, but I don't love being influenced because I always feel like when you're being influenced, you're basically sort of doing what someone else did. And I go, well, how can you not be influenced? And I go, well, let's look back at Charlie Chaplin and Buster Keaton. They couldn't watch anyone else be funny. Laurel and Hardy couldn't watch tape of somebody else. They started funny. They had no reference. And so we're all kind of involuntarily influenced, I'm sure. And I I love watching other people, but I try not to be influenced because if I am, then I feel like I'm I'm sort of doing what's been done and it's it's hard not to but I try to keep I try not to watch too much of other things so I can try and see if I can find originality in my own brain, you know. Well, I think uh, you you've definitely found it. That's uh 
Amazing. Uh, also, I was telling Natalie before you came on, I saw you at the Tempe Improv headlining like 20 years ago or something. And wow. you were like, riff, like, you were doing like amazing crowd work. But I just remember being in fear most of the time that you were going to talk to me at some point. And I was just like, oh my God. It was just that fear of being in the audience and you were actually talking to people. And I was like, please don't be me. Please don't be me. But it was one of the, I remember taking my girlfriend and it was at the time and it was one of the most fun nights, like an amazing stand up. Well, one of the things I do with my stand-up is a lot of people have that fear, but one thing I've always done from the very beginning is I love talking to the crowd. But I, when I was starting out, I'd see comedians that would talk to the crowd and get very angry and abusive and toxic. And I thought, these people came here to laugh and, and lift their spirits and feel happiness and joy. And so I talk to the crowd a lot, but it's always in fun. I never want anyone leaving my show feeling hurt or like, oh, that guy's <laughs> on me. So every time I speak to someone in the crowd, I try to find the fun or the goofy or silly in what they say or what I can put into it. So everyone, it's not, it's not, there's no cruelness to what I do with my, my crowd. So if I had found you, I would have said, buddy, you know, you got curly hair. You should grow a mustache and start cracking a few cases. Yes. I see pineapples in your future. Sir. <laughs> um, That's so sweet. Uh, and, and I guess finally, because you do really straddle this line of adult humor and children's humor. Are you feeling satisfied in each? I mean, like, because you, you know, definitely have this puppy dog pals and you have the stand up. Do you feel like you get to have the best of both worlds or are you constantly striving of like, I want I want more of this? No, I, I feel like, you know, what's in my head and what I want to get out, I'm, I'm free to let it out, you know, and, and, and a lot of people in the stand up world are like, Ooh, you got to watch what you say. But I'm like, no, I don't. You, you gotta, you're not going to be an artist if everyone else is telling you how to make the brush strokes, you know, no one walked into Picasso while he was doing a painting and said, let me grab the brush and do a stroke for you. Like <laughs> Picasso and Van Gogh and Dali, they have to do the strokes. And, and that's how it is. If you're going to be a real true artist and, and that's whether you're delivering words to a crowd via standup or whether you're, you're developing and creating a, a, an animated show. So I, as long as I stay true to my voices on all these things, I'm very content. Bravo. I love that message. Well, uh, this has been perfect. Thank you for spending so much time with us today. You guys, the show is Puppy Dog Pals. You probably already know it, but if you don't, we'll put all the information on where you can find it. It's, you know, Disney Junior, YouTube, so many. Play Wait, do you, do you have a toy line on this stuff? Oh yeah, there's there's toys everywhere. I mean, and that that's been one of the real fun things too. Because if I can go back just a bit, when I started my children's books way back when I got out of college, that was one of my dreams to be able to walk into a store one day and see, you know, toys based on characters I created. And it didn't happen with my kids' book, but it happened with with these. And and dirty little secret: every city I go to, if I'm doing stand up or whatever. I go to the Walmart. I go to the. I go to the. I go to the Target. Sometimes I'll stand in the Disney store just in the corner to watch <laughs> people pick up Bingo and Rolly and see that. That's not creepy like, at all. Oh, yeah, there's a strange. That? There's a strange man standing yeah. in the yeah. Disney strange. store. Yeah. And a few times I couldn't resist. I'll be honest. I. I it was rated to me. I walked up to people and I said, "I created that," and they're like, "What?" So I, <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I couldn't resist. I was just so excited. I walked up That's to a so few cute. people and, and told them I was the guy. And it was just, 
You can't not. It's too exciting. Oh, I'd be shouting you know? it. I mean, everybody would just be getting that for Christmases from there on out. Like, here's <laughs> totally. Rolly and Bingo. Here you go. <laughs> um, so everybody, go check out Heartland's podcast on this podcast network, The Heartland Highway. Where else can we find everything uh, Harlan Williams, uh, which I think is impossible because it seems like you're doing 80 billion things. Well, just come to my house. No. Yeah, where, uh, by the way, can you drop an address or a social security number we'll for us? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, you can go to my Instagram where I, I basically just post all I use it for is entertainment. So I post like goofy videos and little skits and clips from the podcast. It's uh, at Harlan Williams. And uh, and outside of that, yeah, just go to the uh, the podcast, the Harlan Highway, where I I have really fun uh, guests or I'm doing the show on my own. And uh and uh, yeah, that's, the Bobby that's, Lee episode was great. The uh, Bobby Lee used to, I used to work at a day spa called Burke Williams back yeah. in the day on Sunset. It's not there anymore. But Bobby Lee was a regular where he had a membership, so every day he would come in to steam in jacuzzi, and he was like the <laughs> nicest guy. But it, Bobby Lee was the last person that I thought would have a membership to Burke Williams. Well, if you watch the latest podcast with me and Bobby, we talk about him and his steam baths. Uh, Every day, ten minutes, and I can't stop laughing because I just find it so funny that a guy goes in and, and steams, steams himself off every day. It's, it's wild. Uh, Maybe there's I, something to it. I mean, <laughs> sounds kind of yeah. great. Oh, and the last thing I'll mention too, I started a new venture where I, uh, because I'm an artist, I I actually take blank T-shirts and I draw directly on the shirts with Sharpies. And I started a website called hardbling.com. That's H-A-R-B-L-I-N-G, hardbling.com. And you can go in and actually buy a piece of my original artwork. They're one of a kind. And if that sells out, you can then get a print of the shirt if you want it. But there's about a hundred different designs at hardbling.com. And I'm looking at one right now. It's French Kiss, and it's the band Kiss with berets on. Oh, yeah. my. Is do they have that in a size small? Uh, <laughs> yeah, we have all sizes. Throw in the it in my cart. <laughs> I love that. Thank you so much for being with us today. It was my pleasure. Thank you so much, guys. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of What the Kids Are Watching. Follow us on Instagram at What the Kids Are Watching and subscribe on the iHeart app, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. And hey, what are your kids watching? Send us a DM on Instagram or leave us a voicemail at 540-642-0035 with your stories and opinions. We might just share it on the show. We'll see you next week. the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.